Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Jamil Show. Brewing with style. Hi, Jamil. I'm Tasty. <laughs> that was John Passe. <laughs> got a great show for you tonight. Oh We're already Jamil? drinking. What we got going on tonight? <laughs> we got lots of drinking. We got... <laughs> we heard the, yeah, we did that of, already. Lots of yeah. talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm loving the new studio. Yeah, it's kind of good vibe. You know, this whole hop grenade thing. Uh, you I know, can't even. I don't even know it's back there. Because usually I get to the show early. Yeah. Scott, I'll tell you, I get to the show like an hour early because I want to settle in. I want to calm down. I want to. I want to have you know a coffee or a beer. I want to you know get or both. get myself adjusted. I want to find out what live reads we got. I want to. I want to be prepared. Oh yeah, I've never thought about being right? prepared. And know. then. <laughs> and then, never crossed my mind. I come in about so, one minute after it starts. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're like you know you, you come breezing in, uh, you yeah. know, as the as the theme is playing. Yeah. But uh, I'm already in the right mood. F- for me, you know, I get here an hour early, so I get here an hour early. I get to oh. drink for an hour early for free at the uh, Hop Grenade. Oh yeah, you're on the uh, on the tab. And there you go. Mm-hmm. See Allison, and that that really worked because <laughs> there's like 21 beers on. A lot, of them, have, yeah, a lot of them are pretty I, strong. I had like, you know, probably 22, <laughs> you know. Try them all, huh? There you go. They have a great list here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a and great so, And so I'm already, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm three shows in already. Yeah. Well, the other studio, we don't have like one or two, you know, beer choices. Right. Some heretic beer. <laughs> no, no glasses. <laughs> or, you know, something else that nobody else wanted. It's just still around. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So we drank the heritage beer, of course. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, uh, I do miss my evil praise. twin. Thanks. I do miss that. That was high praise. I tell you, you know who else deserves high praise? Oh, I know. Northern Brewer. That's there right. Our, yeah. our fine sponsor, right. Northern Brewer. Those guys kill Northernbrewer.com. You know, uh, I was there on their, their website uh, yesterday and checking out uh, some of the fine ingredients that they have. I was doing a, an article for a brew own magazine and I uh, just, uh, you know, was confirming. Yeah, sure. Northern Brewers got all those ingredients. Really available, huh? Seven ninety nine shipping on most things. I mean, really. No, it's, Can't a, go wrong. it's a deal. Their e-letter is actually my favorite now. Their, their promotions and their 15% off and really, really clever promotions. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Sign up. Anyways, uh, northernbrewer.com. Check them out. Uh, our fine sponsor has been paying for this show for like eight years, so you don't have to pay for this show. So Amazing. Uh, go to northernbrewer.com. If you're buying anything, uh, make sure to put a note in there saying thank you for sponsoring the show. Uh, makes them very happy to to hear that uh, you're doing that. So uh, Another thing that makes me really happy, Collaboration Brewing. I'm really <laughs> I'm digging it, man. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting kind of old for me. Oh, um, for you, maybe. For me. Really? It's like. Been me, there, done that? For me, for me it's something. Of course, I've been doing it longer than you. Because that's all you That's all you do. That's all you do. That's really, yeah, that's right. For me, it's all like heretic, no. the heretic beers. <laughs> to you, it's all and business. Then, to me, it's all fuck and, around. And, yeah. then, and yeah. then every once in a while, I get to fuck around because yeah. like uh, Mitch comes out and, you know, Roger comes out. Yeah, you know, yeah. we got we got Stone, we got Faction, no, we yeah. got... Uh, You're doing a quarterly collab, it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's a blast because all of a sudden no. we're doing something uh, different. Something unusual. I, something... I really did enjoy the one that we did with uh, with Mitch. Yeah, the right, Eric right, King. right. That was the, great. the Evil Cube, the Evil I'm Three. I'm still buzzing about that. That was. Oh, great. Pe- people love that beer. Yeah. And 
you know, uh, like I said, it was different than I would have done the beer. And that's the that's great the thing. That's the whole idea because right. you got three people and it comes out like Right. You, you, have to, you have to say, well, that's not how I do it, but they want to yeah. do it that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the end result on the Evil 3 was fantastic. I love that beer. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, and we'll do it again. That's to the coolest part. You, Dave, said, right, Dave, you said that the, we'll right after we, it came out. Did we do it again next year? Wow. You, you Mitch, so and cool. I, uh, until we die, one of us dies. Great. We're going to do Here we go again. Three. I better start working out. All right. <laughs> and, and once one of us dies, we'll take advantage of that and have like a memorial Evil 3. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, Evil two? remember our lost We agree to that and then have an Evil 2. Evil 2. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, we did the, uh, the Faction thing with uh, Nathan Smith and uh, Roger Davis from Faction Brewing. That was great. And then too. we made the Black Mariah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, that was fantastic. People really loved that beer, too. Yeah, that was great. And then we went over to Faction. We did the White Mariah. Did a Faction. And then, mm-hmm. and then uh, I went down to Stone with uh, Julian from Beechwood. Yeah. And we brewed there at Stone. Amazing facility. Amazing people. Amazing. Doesn't even begin to cover it. It's quite the brew houses. What's their uh, brew length? What's the uh, size? Two, They're doing like 50 barrel. 50 barrel? Yeah. They got two of them there or something, right? Yeah. They get two brew plants. Yeah. That's, you know, like chugging brewing, away. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Always going, right? And, like and an then, IPA uh, most of the time, I assume. And and they're, yeah, 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 they're doing all sorts of stuff. But, yeah, um, yeah it was very cool. Uh, we So did you sit down for like weeks, uh, you know, in advance? Like, you know, like spend several days there going over the recipe and what it's going to be and stuff like that? Or how'd you do it? Eh, sort of. <laughs> well, this, little that. Did you know when you got there what style it would be? Or that was up in the air, too? Show up. Would you, just, <laughs> would, you walk, like, would you just walk in the hop room and then decide like what you would make? You we, we all did walk in the hop room and like smell a bunch of hops and go, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. The Russian roulette brew. Okay. <laughs> well, it was awesome. What's nice about collaborations are typically just one-offs, right? So you right, can take some right. chances. It's going to be one and done anyway. So you don't have I, to, don't know. I don't know. If it's, it's terrific, a... you don't have to worry about getting the hops. Right. And if it stinks, you just, you know, it right. goes away. Um. Do we have Mitch and uh, Julian on the line? Yeah, Skype has given me hell, but... Hey, Julian. I'm here. Yeah, I'm man. ready for you guys. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, like you got your pants off. Okay, get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have my pants on, but unfortunately uh, this is radio, so that's as good as it gets. Okay. <laughs> so, Julian, Tasty was asking uh, how the collaboration came about, how we decided on, on that beer, on those hops... I don't know. Do you have any recollection? For me, it was just like a very easy chat with a couple Organic. of buddies about, yeah, let's throw that in there, let's do that, and it all just kind of fell in place. Yeah, it was it was a really easy collaborative effort. Um, you know, I remember getting the uh, the email from Mitch originally, and of course, you know, I'm not like I'm going to turn down that huge honor of an opportunity. Um, but as soon as we decided that we were going to do the collaboration, I think you and I, we, I mean, we all kind of decided, look, we, we love hops. Let's just not mess around with anything crazy here. Let's do a, a straightforward dry double IPA and let's have the special ingredient be experimental hops. Right, right. I, I think so. we both were like, okay, it's got to be dry. No matter oh, what, yeah. it's got to be dry. <laughs> and uh, let's throw in a bunch of hops. And that was pretty. Let's do it. What could go wrong? Right. What could go wrong? And then yeah. for some reason, I, I, I did. Some, I said something about biscuit malt. 
I don't know. I think it was just kind of a general suggestion. I, I don't know you're, what you're I was asking about. Can we get breakfast? Uh, yeah, it was. Like, <laughs> and then uh, that just got, somebody already got confused, and, and it uh, became biscuit. Just, yeah. And then yeah, all right. Can I get biscuits for yeah. breakfast? Biscuits and gravy for breakfast. Next thing you know, know, there's twenty uh, percent biscuit mold or something. Right, right, right. right. And what was it? Well, in fact, it, we we had them fill the silo with biscuit mold. It was really it was really difficult <laughs> to get that to convert. Truck load, no, yeah. but but. But Mitch and I had a little side conversation. We said, well, we got to let Jamil have his That's good. I'm glad you did that. Let's see if we can uh, bring Mitch in on this side conversation. You there, Mitch? Yeah, I am. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Look at that. You sound great, buddy. Hey, did you guys, you guys just humored me with the biscuit ball. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <yeah. laughs> well, now, I, you know, in all seriousness, I thought it was kind of a neat idea. I haven't really brewed much with biscuit malt, so I thought it'd be fun. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a good time to do weird things when you're doing a collaboration. You can always blame it on Jamil. <laughs> right. Well, well, you know, hey, you put all that crystal malt into uh, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the evil, evil three. three. <laughs> 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 I got my biscuit malt that wasn't into. Jamil? I we that had you. Was we had you initial that line. So, well, you're in, you're you're down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so, in. Is there no crystal malt in this beer? None. Wow. I was going to ask, like, I thought it had the cleanest crystal flavor ever. No crystal malt. That's impressive. Yeah, that's why it has such a clean, a clean crystal flavor is because there is none in there. You made your own <laughs> crystal. That's, that's yeah. how we do it in the West Coast, man. Wow. Impressive. It's going to age really well, too, because of that, I think. That exactly. Like every, like every hoppy beer, because you know the hops are, are in there to help it age. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so, what's the ABV on this beer? Can you get a what's the general description of this? I know it's a double IPA, but uh, you, you got the numbers, Mitch? Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, let me see. I think it came out to nine point four percent alcohol. Okay, so it's, it, was, nice. it came out bigger than what we targeted. We targeted uh, um, eight and a half or so and and it fermented out a little bit drier than what we thought it would but um you know and it was uh it had biscuit malt and it had uh the base malt was a blend of of american two-row and pilsner malt and we had the small amount of biscuit malt and then we added dextrose sugar which is kind of a, a nice west coast double ipa ingredient um we first word hopped the beer with chinook and then uh, uh, we added a little bit of Magnum uh, as a bittering hop. Uh, not a heck of a lot, but, you know, enough. Um, and, then, uh, and then we started having fun with the hopping in the, in the Whirlpool. We did a pretty large Whirlpool edition uh, using four different hops. <clears throat> and, you know, we used the Azaka, uh, the Steiner 06300, uh, Belma and HBC 342, and then when we dry hop the beer, we use the same amount uh, per brew of the same four hops. Mm. We pretty much rated the uh, the hop room. Yeah, basically, you know, I, I've, <laughs> I've really worked hard to try and get some of these newer hop varieties in here, and I don't always have enough to do, um, you know, like a single hop special release you know, like an anniversary beer or something like that. So this was an opportunity to use these hops in something that was going to be pretty fun. Well, Mitch, the balance in this beer reminds me of the Enjoy by beer. Would you say that the process was very similar to what you w- you're doing with that beer? I think, you know, from the from the grain bill standpoint, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and from the alcohol content, the hopping was a little more traditional than what we do in Enjoy by. We do more of the hop bursting thing in that beer. Well, you have a big Whirlpool edition here. I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah, yeah, but we also had a bittering and a first one. <clears throat> oh, I see. So, I see. Yeah, so you know the enjoy by doesn't doesn't have a heck of a lot up front. It's all in the back. 
So you finished lower than you expected. Uh, you know, personally, whatever, if I have a grain bill that has both two-row and pilsner, it always finishes dry. I can't, I can't mash high enough to get a high finish when I do that. That's for some reason. I always was looking for some sort of theory that said that there's like a, a combination of the two different diastatic attacks or something. Well, you get rid of all that, dry you know, out. crystal malts and things like that. That helps too. You know, really yeah, that's makes so, yeah, difference. Yeah, it's not going to stay around if it isn't in there. Well, those two plus. I think the, I think that's the main crystal. thing. No yeah. crystal, yeah. No, no crystal. No and, crystal. Yeah. And the simple sugars. And what temperature did you mash it? I think it was uh, 148, wasn't it, Mitch? Yeah. Let me uh, let me pull that up real quick. Yeah, it was 148 right, so for you, an hour. Okay. Right, so you you attacked. Mm-hmm. You, you were looking for a low low finish. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we were. <laughs> there, there's a real clean, subtle sweetness to the beer, though, and it's super mm-hmm. dry. But it, it's it, there's not like a. A solvently like alcohol flavor, a little upfront uh, sweetness. Yeah, you know what I I found. I, I sorry not to interrupt. That one one thing I found curious about the beer is the uh, you know it, it had an interesting juxtaposition of hop aromas versus hop flavors. It's it's not uncommon for you know to to smell a West Coast IPA or double IPA, and it's it's pine, it smells piney, it smells citrusy, and then. The flavor meets the aroma, but with this beer, I I found that it had an interesting, what I think is a, almost a hop-derived sweetness. Uh, I don't know if that's coming from maybe the Belma that was in there, which is often reported to have a, a great jam uh, flavor profile, but I found it to be like a hop-derived sweetness and not really something that was super malt-driven. I wonder if, for me, I was thinking, uh, you know, alcohol sweetness. You know, something about ah, fermentation yeah. that, that, that turned out a, a, a little bit of an alcohol sweetness. Yeah, I think both of those played a role. See, that's why the three of us work so well together. Because <laughs> we have no real idea what, <laughs> right. what got us across. And, we, the and we'll all agree with each other. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We just come to a consensus and go. <laughs> well, well, you know, uh, what I've experienced in, in, uh, is, like, if I don't get... Uh, at least half of the IBUs from the first edition, like the uh, 60 or 90, whatever, and I get you know, like more than 50% late, the beer does seem to be uh, hop, I call it hop sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really sweet, because you know, by any measurement, it's completely dried out. It's just, it just seems to pair up, uh, those little late flavor additions uh, seem to like overpower the, uh, the sweetness, the uh, dryness well, in the beer. I asked Matt Brennelson about that very thing, and... and uh, Name dropper. <laughs> no. so I, what the so fuck I, you say? Well, hey, so it's, I, it's, it's so, one professional brewer talking about another professional yeah. So I came brewer, up with okay. it on my own. Here's here's my information all on my own. No, I, I asked Matt, because I'm like, you know, sometimes when I uh, massively dry hop something, you know, and it doesn't have any caramel malt or something like that, it comes out and it seems like, you know, this massive late hopping or this massive dry hopping actually is adding some sort of sweetness to the beer, and it actually balances itself. And uh, he said, well, you know, I don't know, really. Essentially, he's like, well, you sound stupid, but uh, <laughs> let me let me throw you a bone, you know, to explain and make you feel better. Uh, and he said, you know, there's this, uh, you know, these hop glycosides, which, uh, you know, are formed by, you know, hopping along with, you know, something else, and could you know and they actually are you know slightly sweet and maybe that's what you're getting he goes i don't really know i think we did in a show 
or maybe he he told me some other time but uh, you know he he was saying that you know perhaps that is some of what we're detecting as sweet is these hop glycosides you know it's interesting there's well, a lot of research going on about the glycosides from hops and how they react with yeast and things like that and so there's some there's some really neat stuff coming out uh you know that has been you know there's not a lot of studies have been done on on brewing techniques that craft brewers use and now uh, up at Oregon State in particular they're doing some research on dry hopping and the chemistry of dry hopping so there's there I think in the next couple of years we're going to learn a ton about this kind of stuff Hmm. You know, to that to that point, um, I would I would definitely add that um, at least at, at Beechwood we uh, we always double dry hop our double IPAs, and that that takes on the form of uh, a massive dry hop charge in the fermenter. But then afterwards, we almost always dry hop in the bright tank with uh, a mixture of whole flowers and a little bit of pellets in there too, in a uh, fine mesh stack. And we find it with these heavy dry hopping rates that it adds almost like a, like not quite a sweetness, maybe a little bit of that, but almost an oily hop viscosity to the beer, too. It definitely, mm-hmm. I find, it affects the mouthfeel, but I I think it is related to that glycoside thing from, from what I've been reading. What are they? Well, what it, are glycosides? Is an oil? What is it? It's a water-soluble, uh, you know, similar to corn or potatoes or we go on french fries with that you know it's a side <laughs> saying slow fries yeah. <laughs> well, well uh, i i always you know when you know when i was doing a lot of dry hopping i would think you know oh you know some of this oxidation you know or, or some of this dry hopping is causing oxidation the oxidation is coming across as sweet you know and 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 that's one of one of my thoughts as well I have this theory where that if, if you have like a really citrusy beer, like a or, you know a fruity flavor, mm-hmm. that your mind inherently goes looking for the sweetness. Sweetness, yeah. So yeah biting yeah, into yeah. a lemon, what are you thinking? Right, sour. It, looking for the you're looking for some sweetness, and you're trying to find it. Oh, right. I think you find it in beer because it's the malt will you know right, gives right, you that right. impression. Yeah, if you if you have a you know if you if you taste grapes or honey or something like that, you immediately think oh you know sweet. Yeah, that's it. I think right. it tricks your mind a little bit. Well, speaking of tricking your mind. Uh, we're well past our first break, so we got to take a break here. Uh, when we come back, more with Mitch and Julian uh, right after this.
All right, we're back. We're uh, enjoying some unapologetic here in the studio. That it is. I don't suppose so uh, Mitch or Julian, you're enjoying some yourselves. I had some. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually drinking uh, one of the Sierra Nevada beer camp beers. I'm completing my <laughs> camping trip right now. <laughs> there you go. Did you go to that, Julian? I did. Um, I went to the one in San Diego and. Wow, Sierra Nevada really knows how to throw a party, and uh, it was just a, a huge honor to even be able to pour at that event. It was it was awesome. Yeah, when you have a budget, you can throw a hell of a party, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah we, slightly. We, we did the one up in Chico. There was 100 breweries there. Nice. 5,000 nice. people in their backyard. Yep. There you go. Yeah, in a small, small quadrant of their backyard. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, let's see here. Uh, we were talking about the unapologetic, and you know the whole the whole idea of collaboration brew. So for me, it's a chance to just do something different than I'm doing every day. It's a chance to uh, kind of step outside what I usually would do, and uh, have somebody else tell me what to do. You know, for you, Mitch, and for you, Julian, what you know? How do you approach these uh, collaborations? Well, you know, for me, um, I, I kind of approach it the same way. It's an opportunity for for us to do something that we wouldn't normally have an opportunity to do. And you've seen that with with some of the collaborations. This one, of course, was right in our wheelhouse, and that was the exception rather than the rule. But um, so that that's a really good part of the collaboration brewing process for me is just doing something with a brewer that may have a different approach and, and just, uh, you know, soaking up that side of it and that knowledge. The other thing for me is you know with with my job the way it is and with as fast as we're growing and how big we've gotten I rarely get to spend a heck of a lot of time out on the floor in the brewery and so the collaboration brews are a chance for me to actually brew and that that is fun for me as well yeah we noticed that when you you had no idea where the brewery was <laughs> yeah I got lost <laughs> yeah we're like uh... <laughs> And you were like, you know, up against this this grain silo, going, "Well, here's the kettle." <laughs> I mean, uh, it was, it, yeah. was it, it showed, huh? It, it was a little, it was a little shocking. It's it a, a little rusty, shocking. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you know, and it's interesting because uh, originally Mitch and I were both all gung ho to do this uh, hibiscus beer. We all, we we were both really geeky about hibiscus, <laughs> and and I think we both still are. Yes. Oh uh, yes. And so, uh, but then we we ended up kind of going one direction, and then you know we ended up uh, with the double IPA. So, hey, and I, I think I think actually I, I know everyone is okay with that. And yes, uh, I know the bring a tea bag if you don't like it. There, you, there you go. Throw in and and you can throw in a hibiscus flower and syrup if you want to get really fancy. There you go. <laughs> but uh, this would probably I know. Do, do well with hibiscus, actually. Yeah, well, I really would go. You think? Interesting yeah. tartness. Probably yeah. would. Yeah. Oh yeah. How do you make that determination? What do you look for to know that that's going to go well? Um, I don't know. Just my my mind tells me. Oh, that's helpful. My my little well, my third eye says follow yes, the eye. Hibiscus. I've seen it in Belgian style beers, but I've never I never seen. Have you, is it is it typical to put it in a hoppy beer? I had a I had a, uh, a hibiscus IPA that somebody did recently, oh, and I okay. thought it was 
it was interesting. Um, it, it, it was probably not my first choice of flavor combinations, um, <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but you know, it, it's, it's hard, it's hard to beat a really good West coast IPA or West coast double IPA. I mean, they just get right to the point. You're it's like the choir there. Yeah. It's like a chord-driven heavy metal song. It's all balls and chunks. Exactly. You know, with, with Which is what we like, right? Yeah. There you go. Like an old friend. <laughs> yeah. You guys both uh, agreed pretty quickly, though, with uh, when uh, Jamil suggested hibiscus, right? And I mean, why? Can you put well, into words here's why? The thing I'm thinking is, you know, we've been, won't we've been playing with around me. with hibiscus a bunch here at Stone, and it, it adds this kind of floral, fruity kind of character that's very, it, to me, it's reminiscent of, of mm-hmm. raspberries, and um, you know, and with the berry character and the melon and the fruit that all that we were getting on this beer, I thought it might it might actually match up pretty well. Um, I've, I had that um, that IPA with hibiscus as well, and it it kind of worked for me. But I, I do prefer hibiscus in Belgian beers. I think. Well, I think you know there, yeah. this beer carries a little bit of a sweetness that 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 tartness of the hibiscus would actually kind of balance. And. We can always do unapologetic the sequel. (laughs) Silence is agreement. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. The sequel beer will have hibiscus in it. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, Mitch is already locked in for uh, until Tasty or Mitch or I die, uh, brewing Evil 3 every year. What a pressure on me here. I think this beer is worthy of a rebrew. I think so, too. Next month... Mitch, uh, shall we? Well, no, it, it didn't have to be next year because we don't have any more of the hops. Oh no! <laughs> oh, we blew it all in one shot. Yeah, we, we blew used the load. them all up. Well, well when, you, when you use four hops like that, isn't there some sort? I mean, to me, I would not be able to pick any one of them out. So, I would tend to call that being somewhat muddled. Is, it, is that? Do you think that's in play here, or really, um, do they yeah. add up to be something better than the individual parts, or how does it work? I think um, I think uh, there are a couple of hops that stand out in, in this beer. I think I think the Belma and the um, okay. the Belma is kind of a standout hop in here because it's so different than the other three. The other three have some pretty tropical fruit type right. overtones right. um, and citrus, and so um, I think I think they kind of just blended together, uh-huh. and then the Belma is kind of this off outlier, you know, off in that berry grape jam black currant kind of kind of world and so i i think the combination worked and um you know there's a lot of different approaches to hopping i i tend to like using a lot of different hop varieties because that way if i run out of one hop i can keep the beer tasting the same uh but uh, mm-hmm. i'm also a big fan of single hop beers or, or one or two hops in a beer as well mm-hmm. so I think it all works. I, I do agree that sometimes if you use too many hops, it can get kind of, just kind of, uh, nothing distinct, you know, just yeah. kind of muddled, as you said. I get your just point copy. that if you don't want to mix, you know, Ford, if you don't want to have a noble hop and a melony hop and a citrus hop maybe all together. Well, I'll tell you, you know, this experience at Stone was absolutely, you know, being treated like a king. It was 
better than you, you treat your... Uh, uh, never mind. Go ahead. Oh, by, by far. I mean, really. Come on. <laughs> There's no comparison. It was... Well, you it need was, a bistro attached to the, the Heretic uh, Brewery. It was just uh, phenomenal. I, I really I enjoyed that. I gotta say, uh, the, the bottle share at the end of the day, that's a new oh. tradition. That that was right. not something that we were doing up until this year, and I think I think this was the first one that we did, and it's That's, it's become the standard now. Because we deserved mm. it, Julian yes, and we I did. deserved it. I'm just saying. I, I thought it was a ton of it was a ton of fun. I mean, it was yeah. a huge it was a huge honor to brew with these two heavy hitters, and then for Stone to be such a gracious host. I mean, they could they could invite anybody, and it was really mm-hmm. an honor to be there. And then. Having uh, having lunch with the entire brew crew and Mitch and Jamil was awesome and yeah the bottle share really was uh, was the icing on the cake. Yeah, they 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 treat you like you wouldn't believe. Just they, to um, induce some del- uh, jealousy, can you give a couple of examples of what was part of that bottle share? Yeah, what went down? Literally there beer. Down. There was beer. Oh my gosh, uh, I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I want well, you to drink while everybody's thinking um, of what was in the bottle share. And uh, everyone needs to come up with one example of what was in the bottle share. Let me remind you that now we actually have the, the beautiful uh, Bevo uh, doing our chat room. So you can participate in the show by going to thebrewingnetwork.com and uh, the uh, chat now and participate in the show. And you can also call in for like the first time since the past eight years. You can call in 888-401-BEER or 2337 Eight 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 four zero one two three three seven, and you could uh, ask questions live of yeah. uh, two brilliant brewers, uh, Mitch and Julian. Or you can just talk to Bevo. Or you can talk to Bevo, and you know, do whatever you you need to do to. Um, make you it work. For? How about you don't do that, Tan? It's thing. so nice to have her here, isn't it? <laughs> I've got a little tremor in my hand. I, it wasn't anything. He's I excited. really didn't mean, uh, you know. Uh, He's trying to get my pen to start working again. Just said, That's bring all. me some ranch. It's a web of lies. <laughs> speaking of web of lies, um, no. <laughs> speaking of web speaking of, of web of truth, how about our fine uh, fine sponsor, uh, Siebel Institute? They actually uh, have uh, America's oldest brewing school. They do more courses than any other brewing school. They do uh, advanced brewing. They do home brewing, craft distilling, beer style courses. If you're looking to, you know, ace your Cicerone or your BJCP class uh, or exam, uh, Siebel Institute. They even have they have they have campus based. They've got web based. They've got professional level brewing courses. They've got everything right there. Uh, the faculty includes some of the best. Uh, known and uh, widely respected brewers and professionals in the brewing industry. So check them out, SiebelInstitute.com. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll get some uh, questions from the chat. We'll get probably people, dozens of people calling in and uh, more of your questions answered right after this.
All right, we're back. We're enjoying uh, some stone, beechwood, heretic, unapologetic here in the studio. And uh, having a fun time talking about uh, collaborations and hoppy beers and things like that. Uh, if you've got your own uh, questions about how to make a great double IPA at 9.4% and quite hoppy and, and still balanced, West Coasty, uh, give a call. 888-401-BEER or 888-401-2337. Guess you're too drunk to figure out uh, what the letters <laughs> translate and how to read your phone. I always have a problem with that. Can I ask a question about uh, crystal malt as it pertains to the uh, discussion at the top of the show? Sure. I feel like I hear sure. nothing but uh, smack talk, really. Yeah, the hate. Yeah, and so I'm wondering why Why is there is there a compelling reason to use it in your beer? I mean, here's a perfectly good, great even, double IPA that's made without it. Why do you need it? It, it just seems to be you too don't. sweet for everybody. Right. You don't, and I, I will. I, I really am, am pretty adamant about being able to brew IPAs and double IPAs without any crystal malt at all. We do use it in small degrees to in some of our um, standard IPAs at Beechwood, but we brew plenty of double IPAs and, and West Coast IPAs that have no crystal malt at all. I think it combats that dryness that we're seeking. I think it it uh, kind of fights the hop profile that we're looking for. And a lot of people talk about a balanced IPA. Oh, you need to balance up the hops with some kind of caramel malt character. I don't buy into that. And I've really kind of strayed away from that for a long time. In the, in the beers, you do use it in Julian. Why do you use it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in small amounts, it uh, you can accentuate certain hop flavors. Um, like if there is kind of maybe a, a tropical hop flavor that you want to kind of make pop a little bit more, you can use a little bit of a light crystal malt to get that flavor to pop more. One of the things that I really like to use in IPAs, though, in, in very small amounts, is uh, honey malt. And honey malt is not a caramel malt at all. It's malted in a completely different way, and it adds a very unique flavor, especially in small amounts in dry beers. And I find it in... Uh, IPAs that have uh, tropical hop profiles uh, that adding a small percentage of honey malt will really get that tropical flavor to kind of pop on the palate. Well, and, and, and it's the supporting thing, like I, I think Tasty was saying earlier about you know fruity or you know various flavors giving you the the uh, the sense of something being sweeter. Uh, you know when you're trying to make something taste tropical. Uh, you know, a little bit of sweetness maybe, you know, enhances that tropical fruit. I've always said when you're trying to make something taste, uh, you know, fruit, uh, you need a little bit of acid in there uh, because things like raspberry or something like that, if you if you adjust the acidity, it tastes like raspberry because hmm. people expect something tart, Tartness. you know, or, or yeah. you know, your overall balance of sweetness, tartness, bitterness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can have all these esters. That have all these these uh, you know notes around them, but unless you back it up with something that 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 mirrors what the the, the consumer expects, right. you know they don't quite get the sense of it. It's it's there, but not quite there. For some people, it works. Some people, it doesn't. If you if you back it up with a sweetness or a, or tartness or a you know whatever it is that matches that flavor, uh, then they then they get it, and then it's you know just worlds better. 
Now, Julian, you do include some crystal in some of your IPAs. I mean, what would be a, the maximum amount of, uh, say, a crystal 40 that you would have in, a, in one of your IPAs? Uh, the maximum amount would be uh, percentage like two percent, okay, two yeah. percent, right. and uh, and and also for me personally, I, I don't. I've kind of gotten well a while ago. I got away from using a lot of uh, American malted crystal malts. I yeah. just found that I had uh, brighter and cleaner flavors from a lot of the British. Get more bang malts. for your buck there. More character. Yeah. More flavorful. Yeah. Less sweet. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think the so. more flavor hides the sweetness, actually. Now, uh, on the other end, uh, this may be just what, what I'm doing with uh, with like session beers, where I'm, I am actually trying to get uh, a lot of malt care, character in the finish, because I'm going to try to hop it, uh, you know, at 60, 70 IBUs on a, on a beer that's only 4.5%. That is that's that is where I I tend to fair, use a fair amount of crystal malt. Now, that is the one of the exceptions to the rule. And so I, I, I find that you can, with a session beer, especially if you're going below 4% alcohol, mm-hmm. um, you actually have to pull a couple kind of contrary tricks to give the impression of having a bigger body mm-hmm. than is really there in order to support a high hopping rate with such a low alcohol beer. Sure. And I went to England uh, a few years ago, and when I went to Fuller's Brewery, I had fresh Chiswick Bitter which is their, their standard house bitter there. Mm-hmm. That is an amazingly aromatic, amazingly hoppy, 3.5% beer. It blew my mind. Yeah, that's Very satisfying. When I to them, mm-hmm. it's incredibly satisfying, uh-huh. and it's got a really resiny hop character. You would never guess it's all British ingredients. Nothing tea-like about it, nice, not, plenty of body. No, uh-huh. no, n- nothing like that. Uh-huh. And when I talked to them uh-huh. about the, uh, the grain bill, it had a really large percentage of Crystal 120 in it. You would never what? guess that. Really? Did never would. Really? <laughs> hey, yeah, I never would have guessed that. <laughs> you, you never would have. And I actually totally pilfered that. And in the session IPA that we do at Beechwood, um, we we actually use a, a fairly large percentage of Crystal 120 uh, with a decent amount of carapils that we mash in an extremely high temperature. And what I find that that gives you in the uh, the work profile is a lot of kind of flavorless dextrins yeah. that are able to support a high hopping rate. And even though the beer is not highly attenuated, it still seems dry and just you get this low alcohol beer that magically kind of invisibly is able to support a high hopping rate. Okay, slow down, Julian. I'm with uh, you. Let me take some notes 120 here. High, high mash temperature. <laughs> 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 you and I are on the same page there, Julian. That's exactly what my approach <laughs> to session beer is. Uh, the 120 has pretty bold. Yeah. yeah. That's not something I would ever do in any other kind of beer, though, yeah. uh, that I wanted to hop highly. And you're using English uh, um, um, crystal malt. And they, when you say 120, yes. it's an English malt, right? Use yeah. the Simpsons yep. or uh, I uh, The Simpsons or? malts are incredibly nice, but I, I personally prefer the uh, Crisp brand crystal malt. Crisp? That's what mm-hmm. we use most of the time. Occasionally we use... Simpsons Crystal 150 if we want to go extra dark. Mm-hmm. Oh, who doesn't want yeah. to go extra dark? Maybe our caller uh, <laughs> wants to go extra dark. Let's hear. Hey, hey uh, Justin Case? Yes. Yeah, baby, you're in Stockton. Yes, I am. What's up? We're not. Nothing much. Hey, I was just, I had a couple of questions. Um, I am doing a smash brew this weekend, um, Saturday, and um, first of all, it my question is twofold. I, I'm looking to do a recipe 
that is kind of sitting on the fence. It, it could be an American um, IPA. It could be a double. Um, uh, because I'm using a, a single malt, I went with uh, 96%, 96.4% uh, Vienna malt. Um, I am adding 3.6% sugar and straight Bravo um, hops. And I'm just kind of wondering, um, the reason I went with the the Vienna is because of the, I'm not using any crystal malt. I was trying to get the color out of it. But it's sitting at 7 SRM, um, according to Bruce Smith. Um, I'm a little... I'm a little high on my uh, bittering, um, about 63.9%, and I'm just trying to find out where it should fall. Should fall in what? Fall um, in your glass? As far as the, the, in the, in the style, well, I, it, it will fall in my glass. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to, as far as you know, style it's, goes, it's, I mean, it's... Depending on, it's you know, what hitting, kind of, uh, you know, late hopping you're doing, it sounds, you know, IPA, West Coast IPA type of thing. Uh, right. you know, and, uh, what what kind of yeast are you using? Um, it's uh, San Diego Super Yeast. Yeah, West Coast IPA. Right, yeah. right. And it's, Depending and on it's, your so ABV. ABV so, yeah. is 9.16. Double IPA. Done. See, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm a little, I'm a little high on my, I'm a little high on my gravities. But uh, as as I as I kind of work my way down through uh, the beer smith or the J, uh, BAGC, JCP, um, it kind of it's kind of sitting on the fence. And between what and, and what? A, just, a IPA and double IPA. What, what, I don't know the first yeah, you mentioned yeah, paleo. Between, between a, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> have you been so, drinking? I've so been, you're making it. I a, have been. <laughs> a high-end double IPA. Mm-hmm. Probably looking at a, at a starting gravity of like a 1073 or something like that? Uh, 1079 is okay. my starting. 10, right. 10 is my finishing. So what, how many um, IBUs are my, you shooting for with that? About about 80? Uh, it's got 69. 69. You're going to be more of a balanced point. beer with 69. There you go. Is that what you want? I, th- I, th- I think it's going to work out fine. I think, uh, you know, you brew it, you enjoy it. Don't worry about the style. Uh, you know, okay. we, we talk about styles on the show just as a as a way to, you know, all of us understand something about various beers and, uh, you know, what 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 we might produce and, and talk in common. But you don't have to brew a beer and worry about, you know, the style it ends up. Once the, brew, the beer is brewed and you taste uh-huh. it, then you can say to yourself, pick- oh, yeah, oh, this seems like it doesn't matter what the numbers are. It matters what okay. it tastes like. So if it tastes right. like it's, you know, 20%, you make one thing. If it tastes like it's 4%, then you call it a session IPA. I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter what the actual numbers were. Who gives a damn? What does it taste like? Okay, that's really so, what's important. So that's right, your next okay. step. Make the beer, taste it, and then go from there. You have to you have to make a lot of beer to have a good time with beer, I think. So just plan on making this beer three times. I, I I do. I I bought the fifty five pound sack. So I mean that's that's go. my next three. That's my next three beers. It's this beer time and time again. There you um, go. Send so, all right. Okay. Well, so Mitch, what do you think about uh, you know making a beer that's all Vienna malt? Have you have you done something like that before? No, I, I, I haven't. Um, sounds interesting. Right, I got we, a, uh, kind of a we we kind of ju- we kind of just did at the pub recently, but it was uh, well, it was mostly Vienna malt was the base, and then it was uh, 
10% wheat malt and 10% flaked wheat, but it was a Saison. So hmm. there you go. How, what, yeah. what kind of color did you get on that? Um, it's around, uh, it's a, I want to say it's around 6 SRM. Um, and yeah, it was, I actually, the reason I did that is because I, I've been kind of searching for the sweet spot in, in the saisons that we're brewing for a while. And, and finally, I, I think I, I unlocked the secret recipe. At least I found a yeast that I'm, I'm very happy with. And I was looking for a, a base malt flavor that was just a little bit toastier than Pilsner malt. And I uh, wanted, and that's why we went with, uh, with Vienna, but the beer dried out insanely dry without the addition of any sugar. I think we got it 94% attenuated. Wow. That's did, crazy. Did you get a nice toasty malt character from that? Uh, a little bit. Uh, a little bit. It, it kind of tastes uh, a little bit like a, a little bit more like a concentrated um, Pilsner malt flavor. It's, hmm. uh, you know, kind of akin to what you might get in a, a Bohemian Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Is kind of the base malt flavor in there, and then you do have little wheat accents in there. But um, yeah, that that beer is it's on tap right now, and uh, the base malt was uh, Wireman Vienna. There you go. Well, I tell you that you know your whole uh, Beachwood uh, there in Long Beach. I love that place. You got gr- awesome food. You got awesome service. Oh, thank you. you got awesome beers. I mean, the, the you know if the food and the service weren't enough. The beer alone is to die for. I mean, anybody passing through that area within like 100 miles, you ought to like detour and head through there. It's absolutely, you guys are winning all sorts of awards for your barbecue, for your beers, uh, you know, and, and they're all well-deserved in my opinion. It's it's one of the best places to go to. Just hope you don't run into Julian oh, well, himself. Everything else is fantastic. Yeah, but Julian's a freak. Steer clear. I and mean, you really don't want to. No, do I'm that. I'm very missable. I would say come when I'm not there. Absolutely, right, if you have right. the choice. Yeah, <laughs> go when like the good people are there. But uh, you know, uh, no, I th- I, th- I think it's absolutely awesome. You know, another thing that I think is absolutely awesome. Doing your own segues. Yeah, I'm doing my own segues now. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need me anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need you. Uh, you know, the AHA. I think, you know, the American Homebrewers Association. Julian was a member. Uh, my friend Matt's a member. My friend Casey's a member. I got Casey's my card in my pocket. Is my friend good John's I just signed up again at your uh, AHA rally. There you go. At yeah. the AHA rally. I'll there tell you. you uh, the American Homebrewers Association, a great organization that if, if you like to brew beer in your home, and, you know, they have all the rights that you want and, you know, all the uh, access to, you know, great things like the con- uh, the uh, conference, the AHA rallies, the, the pub discount, the Zymergy magazine. It's all well worth it, if only to support, you know, an organization that's kind of looking out for, you know, homebrewers and, and all the, the weird laws that get passed. Like in California, these weird laws get passed and screw everything up. AHA kind of comes in and, and kind of helps guide things back to to where you know uh us homebrewers can do the things we want to do so they make uh, it really easy for you to have an opinion and to contact yeah. your local uh, counselors you, you, you're a member you you're are a mem- part exactly. of the organization you are not just somebody pitching in money you're a voice to be heard from you know you yeah. can contact all these people so they take it very seriously too it's if, not yeah you know, don't don't hesitate. I think if you're not an AHA member, go to the the Brewing Network site, brewingnetwork.com, and then there's an AHA link. If you if you click on that link and you sign up, the Brewing Network gets a small slice back to them. 
the AHA gets, you know, uh, a, a new member and you are supporting things that are great about homebrewing and the, the, the community as a whole. So do it right now. Uh, don't delay. It's actually uh, one of the best things you'll do. I, I, I am a lifetime member. You spent the five hundred or six hundred bucks of the AHA. Yeah, nice. I, I am an AHA lifetime member, yeah. so I, th- I think uh, it's only like I don't know, forty bucks a year or something like that. Yeah, you can make that up easily with the pub discount program. Go to Heretic and drink your your yeah, guts you could, out. You could, yeah, you can and drink. You'll get your forty bucks back. back. <laughs> there you go. Or maybe you'll win one of these. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing so many homebrew competitions now that are giving cash for their for their uh, best of show beer. I've oh, seen yeah. it up to like a thousand bucks. So yeah, join the AHA and it'll make God. your beer so good that you can you'll you'll yeah. win it back immediately. Stop homebrewing at the wrong time. No right. kidding. <laughs> you, you know what we get to do now, Jamil? We get to tease a call through the break. When we get Ooh. back, we're going to talk to Jason from Florida. Jason from Florida, right after this. Ruh-roh.
All right, we're back. We're enjoying the company of our uh, brilliant uh, guests, uh, Mitch Steele and uh, Julian Trago at uh, Beachwood. Uh, and uh, we've been talking about the unapologetic uh, collaboration that we did uh, at Stone, which was uh, absolutely a blast. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I cannot tell you how wonderful I felt. Like I was treated the best I've been treated, <laughs> you know, probably in my life down there. They, they <laughs> tre- you know, treat you just, you're, you're special. <laughs> And you're, you know, they they go out of their way to make everything perfect for you. It's it's like you imagine actually having money and going to, like I, I you know, I go to Motel Three all the time. Six and I imagine. Nice. Well, I I this is like Super Eight. You don't deserve. Oh, okay. this is this is really scandalous. <laughs> super <up>. Eight. <laughs> it's high well, praise. What, Motel I imagine, six. what I imagine Super Eight would be eight. Like. I'm th- at three. <laughs> I mean, they're probably Ritz Carlton. Actually, you know, they 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 treat you so well. It's it's just fantastic. I I I cannot thank you enough for including me in that. I'm I'm just humbled and uh, uh, so appreciative. Well, right. so, it, it was our pr- pleasure, really. It was uh, just a ton of fun for us. Um, these collaboration brews, they're they're not all as fun as this one was. And uh, you know, sometimes I I think the personalities sometimes get in the way. Uh, a little bit, you know, so they can be kind of a challenge. But uh, I think uh, this one was was tremendous fun, and and a lot of the ones that we've done over the past year have just been great fun. And um, uh, this was no exception. You know, we just nailed what we wanted to brew, and very early on, like you you mentioned, and uh, and and we like having we like having the guests spend time in the brewery, you know, and 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 doing lunch in the bistro, and and drinking some beers together, and tasting some beers that you may not get to taste in some other uh, ever again. You know, some pilot beers and things like that. That's fun for us. Yeah, you know, you included us in, and you know, you. You gave us, uh, you know, I, I treasure my stone uh, brewing team shirt. I really do. <laughs> it, it's a special thing for me. You know, I felt, I was, I felt I was, like I was part of it. I was thinking I, I brewed at stone and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those, those T-shirts are like gold. You know, the only people that get to wear them are our brewing team or people that come and collaborate with us. Yeah, I've, I've I've got a UC Davis Brewing shirt. I've got a, a Stone Brewing team shirt, and they're they're precious to me. Absolutely mm. precious to me. I'd like to get one of those one of these days. No, can I, can I get no. the Berlin version? No, no. sorry. No. Can I get on the Berlin team, no. Mitch? Yeah, you know, Mike. I think we're going to have to try and make that happen. Let's somewhere. do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus! It's on recorded. We got this recorded. Y'all heard that? Thank you very much, Mitch. <laughs> I want a Shrago tattoo. Easy to collaborate with. It is. You're you're so easy, Mitch. (laughs) That's what I've heard. Oh, I've also heard we have a uh, a caller on the line, Jason. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. You're in Florida. Yes, sir. What's up? Uh, Not much. Um, Not necessarily a question for you, but uh, I was wondering if you could comment on. Uh, the final pH of a beer and how it relates to the flavor. That's actually a pretty valid question in this IPA in a sense because it's got a very soft malt profile. Oh, you know, there are, there are so many things about pH and beer that, um, another show. you know, radically, yeah, radically change the overall uh, flavor and perception. The, um, 
you know, a, a, a slight, you know, drop in pH will actually, um, you know, some some of the sweetness and fullness and flabbiness of of some beers will will disappear, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the malt will pop a little bit more and the hops will pop a little bit more. Yeah. You go too far, then you get into sourness and acidity, and the beer actually seems to thin out. Actually, the beer seems thinner and, uh, you know, more, you know, watery. And, mm. um, you know, if you, if, if you take the pH the other way, here's an interesting thing. You know, if you dry hop excessively, and uh, Vinny tells me, name dropper, Vinny tells me. Guilty. Why don't you quote me one of these times? Well, because I have not, like, figured this out on my own, but people tell me this stuff, and, and there are <laughs> sources oh, I that I should. really believe. Okay. But he was saying that... <laughs> Uh, you know, he measured out that at, at about three quarter pound per barrel, the pH, it, that kind of dry hopping, actually the pH starts to rise. And he was trying to figure out why that happens. And it's, so he, it's one of the, the questions that bothers him. And we've noticed this too at, at Heretic. We noticed that when we, we absolutely dry hop the hell out of, you know, something like Cousin, our pH goes up. Hmm. And he was saying, yeah, you know, you can, you can dry hop until you get to about three quarter pound per barrel, and then the pH starts going up. Is this, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, fertilizer based thing, or you know, what is it that's that's actually affecting the beer tannins and 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 causing it to rise? I wouldn't think tannins would do it, but we're talking, you know, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, well, some uh, sort of buffering thing going on. Obviously, right. that's going to affect pH. Is it uh, there's something in the hops that are mm-hmm. they're you know they're mm-hmm. offset? It's more alkaline or something, and it's offsetting right. the. Uh, what, what some, acids in the beer? Some some sort of uh, uh, you know uh, compound, uh, you know uh, you know a lot of fertilizers have a lot of potassium, yeah, things potassium. like that. Yeah, that could be. It could possibly raise the pH. Sure. So uh, you know it's it's one of those questions that's out there that a lot of breweries don't know about. That you know you you and and, and when that pH rises, uh, it actually kind of deadens the sense of that hop character. Takes the brightness out. Yeah. Right. What what have you guys, uh, Julian, uh, Mitch? What what have you uh, done on on pH and and flavor? You, you know, it's um, I think um, Mitch has probably done way more than than I have, which he's I, done all way my more than both of us. <laughs> yes, I, he, he has. So. <laughs> we um, uh, you know, we've noticed the pH increase as well. Uh, we don't understand what the heck is going on. Um, you know, pH can affect a lot of different things that happens as the beer flavor matures. It can impact diacetyl formation and reduction and, and uh, you know, changes in pH. And so there, there may be some elements of that kind of stuff going on, you know, just the interaction with the yeast cells itself mm-hmm. and, and what happens, um, you know, to the yeast metabolism as the pH gets changed. I'm not sure why it's increasing during a dry hop, but we, we've seen a little bit of that as well. Um, and it just seems very strange. Some of our dry hop beers come out with a, a little bit higher pH than our other beers, and um, it's very interesting to me. Jason, Jason did you write all that down? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I've, uh, I've noticed the same thing with uh, the pH going up when I dry hop as well. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah, uh, something uh, I was also wondering if you guys could comment on was... Um, now, everyone kind of knows the, the typical mash pH range, but for example, on like a pale ale or an IPA, um, do you have a specific pH that you try to target so that you can get a, a particular finished pH? 
Well, you, you need to be careful because you don't want to drive down the mash pH below, you know, like 5.2 five, five because um, there are things that happen that actually can, uh, you know, shorten your shelf life of your beer if, if you're driving your pH too low in your mash. So you want that, that magic pH range of your mash. You can always adjust after, um, you know, and after the boil and, you know, after dry hopping, you can go ahead and add a little acid and, and correct things down. At, at that point so i would not you know drive your your mash ph down below 5.2 if, if it were me well thanks for the call jason much appreciated mitch yes uh the, what do you think about mash ph i mean should he be driving down his mash ph or no, adjusting five, after two, five four is a good range to be in yeah i think that's 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 really is where the enzymatic activity is going to be optimized and you know if you go too low uh it impacts hop utilization as well um during the boil so you know there's that to consider as well i think it it might also depend on on how you acidify your mash too uh whether you're using uh, an acid like a liquid acid lactic acid or whether you're using some sort of calcium compound might might have an effect on that too but um, I, we try and keep our mash generally around 5.4. And, Mitch, I don't know if you've, or Jamil, if you guys have noticed this, but I, I find that in, in most of the beers that we do, um, the mash retains a pretty decent amount of, of buffering capability, a lot more than I think a lot of people uh, realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, so I we, don't, we don't find that, at least at Beachwood, we don't find that we need to make uh, if we burtonize the water uh, for an IPA, we do it for our strike water. I, we don't burtonize for the asparge water. Yeah, we don't either. We we yeah. basically we're adding gypsum to the mash um, mm. on our pale beers just to get into that optimum pH range and reduce the buffering capacity just a little bit. Uh, mm. But that was one of the things that that we started measuring shortly after I got here was mash pH, and it was pretty interesting how high we were on some of our IPAs, and so we started adding some gypsum, and that helped. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um, and I'll tell you, this is. What I love about the whole collaboration thing is this is the conversation that's going on when we're doing these collaboration things. It's not, uh, you know, it, it, it's just talking with, you know, these brilliant brewers who, you know, know all this stuff and, and wonder about this stuff. And you get, you get a chance to kind of start talking about, well, you know, we noticed this, but we have no idea. And then they're like, oh, well, here's the reason why. Or they're like... But we've been wondering about this, and you're like, "Oh wow, you know it just blows your mind it it it, it takes you into a whole nother realm, and you know for me, that is just you know been been a wonderful experience with you two guys um and I really appreciate you guys including me into uh uh you know your your circle and and, and doing this stuff with you it it was uh, uh one one of the best experiences of my life. <laughs> well, that was a great day, that's for sure. I, I, and I love the beer. I love how it came out. And yeah. it was just, you know, we, I don't think we've ever, and, and we talked about this while you, while you both were at the brewery, but, you know, in our collaboration series, all these collaboration beers we've done, I don't think we've ever just done a straight-up double IPA. So that mm-hmm. was a real treat. Right. Well, you know, simple sometimes is better. <laughs> 
And, and you know, Mitch, I, I noticed your your whole brew crew was super enthusiastic about that too. Just mm-hmm. doing something that that cuts in the chase and it was really straightforward in a lot of respects. And they they still had fun, kind of getting back to the classics. Yeah, that is for sure. They love it when when we come up with a beer that doesn't involve hanging herbs or spices in a <laughs> whirlpool or something like that, because that's a real pain in the butt. So, um, you know, anytime we, uh, we come up with something new that, that is just standard, you know, kind of malt and hops, and that's about all there is to it, um, everything else is gravy after that. And so, you know, and they're, they're such a good crew, and, and Chris Sartori, who runs our brew house, has got this collaboration thing dialed in so tight, he knows exactly when things are going to happen and he, he's uh, he's dr- directing traffic the whole day and just does a great job with it everybody mm-hmm. was, there was awesome and uh you know if, if you guys ever want to do something again hey you got my number give me a call <laughs> you're I'll in. be there text me <laughs> all right yeah text me mitch text me yeah right. okay <laughs> thank Evil you guys cubes, right we'll do that again for uh, sure I absolutely love you guys. You you were you're just fantastic. One of the best experiences I, I've had. I, I I absolutely mean that. That was uh, yeah. uh, Stone is they they know how to to be a be wonderful. They they do. Uh, if you want to be wonderful to the Brewing Network, check out thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. There's lots of goodies there you can buy. You can sign up for AHA membership. You can sign up for a BYO subscription. Half of that price goes back to the Brewing Network. Lots of goodies there, and when you do, all that goes back to the bottom line. Of the Brewing Network really helps keep these shows on the air. Uh, check out our great sponsors, uh, the uh, Northern Brewer. Go to northernbrewer.com. Tell them you love them. They 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 pay for this show, so uh, don't 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 deny them their love back. Anyways, if you want more love back, stay tuned. We're going to do another show live right after this. Be strong, everybody. Man, often.